Welcome along to episode 749 of The Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. Coming up on the show this week, Tom D'Souza lets us know about Movember. We'll be finding out about a spectacular event from South Stars Musical Theatre from Alison Norton. Kelly Bryan lets us know about her role as Fairy Elementor in Snow White at the Grand this Christmas. Jean-Luc Worrell tells us about Peter Pan Goes Wrong. Uh, that is taking place at the Grand Theatre this week. We'll be having a natter with the CEO of Central Youth Theatre, Holly Parry, all about their We Built This City campaign. Dr Hilary Jones will be along to remind us about the importance of having our flu vaccine and we hear about the Buddy Holly themed show taking place at the Gatehouse in Stafford. That's all on the way on the show this week. Welcome to the Milk Bar. 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 Uh, with the wonderfully fictitious Cornley Drama Society at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre right the way through until Saturday, it's going to be some good fun down there, as Peter Pan is highly likely to go wrong. Jean-Luc Worrell joins me now to tell me more about what exactly is happening or, or what isn't happening on stage. How are you doing, <laughs> sir? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Now, we have you as your real-life persona, whereas most yes. of the time when we deal with the the Cornley gang, uh, often they're in character. Uh, so uh, uh, tell us about who you are when you are on stage. So uh, when I'm on stage, I am playing Francis, Francis Bowman, of the Cornley Drama uh, Society. He's playing the, the narrator. Oh, so that's a, that's a good gig, isn't it? Uh, but, uh, it is, it is. Yeah, prone to things going disastrously awry. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So um, I think with my with my character playing Francis, I think the truck that the, the problems that I'm facing are, are narrating, but having so much going on behind you where things are <laughs> completely wrong um, and just trying to get through that and power on through. Yeah. And whilst you know that and whilst all the cast know what's going on, it must be terrible not laughing during one of these shows because they are so amazingly funny. Incredibly funny. I mean, there have been a few moments where I've, I've, uh, I've, I've corpsed. I, I will say that <laughs> because it is just so funny. But um, yeah, it, it is hard to keep a straight face. It's very hard. And with the the brilliant work that we see Mischief doing here, obviously mm-hmm. that I mean a global phenomenon now, mm-hmm. and it must be great fun uh, being part of that, and and particularly with your local roots as well. You're from uh, around the bedroom. Mom's from Wolverhampton, aren't you? Yes, yes. So my mum was born and raised in Wolverhampton. Um, my nan still lives in Woodenhall, um, and uh, my sister now lives here, and I've got a lot of family around the Midlands. So I I, I spent a lot of my um, uh, school holidays in Wolverhampton growing up. And, and to the point at which you're now sponging off your sister during your weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm staying at my sister's lovely place, rent free. No, no. Oh, I should probably say that because I get money. From Dix. <laughs> quite, a, no, that was just another mistake. He didn't mean yeah, that. Mistake, that, mistake, mistake, mistake. Yeah, that's, that's part of the plot. We're just playing the game here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm fortunate just to have a place to stay and have um, and have food cooked for me, which is great. Fantastic. Uh, particularly after you spent an entire evening uh, watching the world fall apart around you. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So uh, what can you tell us about the way the, the Neverland uh, uh, arrives, thanks to the uh, the Cormley Drama Society? So um, so basically, so it's it's the, the common story of, of Peter Pan and Wendy and Neverland. All the, the characters are the same, the same location. Um, which makes it, which is, I think, is what makes it really exciting and and really suits the goes wrong format because people know what is to come. So when mm. things do go wrong, they're like, ah, 
it, it makes it it makes it funnier. Um, so uh, we have Peter, we have Wendy, we have we have a crocodile, mm-hmm. we have uh, Captain Hook, um, pirates, Tinkerbell, and the Lost Boys. So yeah, it's all and this is one that's suitable for the whole family, but it's not a pantomime. It's not. <laughs> it's not a pantomime, although. Um, the audiences do think it's a pantomime and that kind of plays into some of the the uh the improvisational work that goes on in the show um and it's yeah it's great for people that are aged eight to about 80 so yeah and, and, the, and the rest yeah and the rest and the rest if you, yeah. if you can get into a venue then go and see it at whatever exactly, age exactly 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 <laughs> you won't be disappointed no and, and and i think this is part of the fun though isn't it because you get to be having such a riotous time on stage like this it's 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 almost like you're not working but you're working even harder than ever exactly exactly sometimes i pinch myself and i go i went to drama school and 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 and, and study for three years and i'm having the most fun on stage being absolutely silly um and it is it is proper silly fun and we expect nothing less from mischief no i know exactly if ever you see the branding you know it's a company to go and see it's why it's doing so well. It's why it's doing so well. I mean, I think this is the second, second or third tour that Peter Pan has done. So um, yeah, it's it's come back again. It's selling really well. So um, I'm I'm really excited for the rest of the tour as well. Well, the the tickets are on 01902429212 or grandtheatre.co.uk. Get your tickets that way. Runs through until the fourth of November. Uh, it is going to be absolutely amazing to see. And uh, we, I can't ask you for spoilers. That's the thing. Yes, uh, I know. It's, it's, I know. It's one show. So much- we we can't talk about the actual show at all, really. No, have you seen Have you seen it yet? I I, I did on an earlier tour. I, I'm going okay. tonight because I couldn't get to press night last night. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's there are so many spoilers. So um, uh, so obviously you know what happens with with my character and and some of his uh well one prop in particular that causes a lot of trouble. Well, let, 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 let's not say let's not say anything. Let's just yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's let the mystery sort of surround the whole thing. Uh, say worth going to see. Uh, I, I would say break a leg, but on this occasion, it's trying to avoid any limb damage whatsoever uh, because it could go horrendously wrong. And exactly. uh, we'll see what happens as the show progresses. Worth getting yourself down there, John Luke Warrell. Thank you for joining us. No worries. Have a good day. Now, it's about time we heard something from South Staff's Musical Theatre and someone from South Staff's Musical Theatre is Alison Norton, who is here to tell us about a great pair of nights of amazing musical entertainment this coming Friday and Saturday. Alison, tell us more. Well, it's the first time we've been back on stage since the pandemic and we are so excited. It's been a tough road for us. But earlier in the year, we came up with the idea of a Halloween concert, but we couldn't do it on Halloween itself, which is obviously tonight. So we chose the weekend afterwards so people can get a bit more uh, use out of their Halloween outfits and enjoy mm-hmm. themselves for a bit longer. But if, um, and if they haven't got one yet, they'll be able to pick them up in the sales. Absolutely. And the same with the Halloween sweets and everything else. They'll all be half price. <laughs> <laughs> so we chose a Halloween theme and it is musical theatre, um, but with... Um, a Halloween theme. So we've got excerpts from The Adams Family, mm-hmm. from Bonnie and Clyde, Jesus Christ Superstar. We've got Empty Chairs and Empty Tables from Les Miserables. We've got a Thriller. And of course, the finale is Rocky Horror. I'd expect so nothing got, less. 
Um, you can't do a Halloween concert without <laughs> Rocky Horror, can you? So we've got Sweet Transvestite and the Time Walk for the massive finale, which we want the whole audience to get up and dance and join in. So it's going to be well worth getting yourself down there. Great night to be had. Wonderful music and wonderful singing as well, because you're a talented bunch. I know that because I've stood and listened to it from a stage directly in front of you. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're not a bad lot, really. We're hoping next year to do a musical theatre concert rather than themed mm-hmm. um, and get back track, you know, back on track to what we normally do. But in the meantime, we've had such great fun doing this. Oh, we've got an amazing bar as well, I have to tell you that. Cool. With Halloween cocktails. Yeah. Um, we'll know where to find you then. Yeah. And uh, Wicked Wines. And uh, what else? Um, sweeties. Halloween sweeties. Halloween nibbles like Monster Munch and all that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and everything is Halloween themed. We're hoping people will dress up. Um, and the room is decorated, obviously, Halloween-y with... We've even got a coffin on the stage, so it's worth coming to see that. <laughs> okay, so that'll be interesting to see what uh, what musical uh, numbers arise from said coffin at some point during the show. That could be intriguing. So where's all this taking place? Technal College, Wood Road, Wolverhampton. Tickets yep. are £12 each. Um, and it's just a great night. Just a great night. Yeah, I've some fun. I say the important thing is it's how staff's doing their thing again. And uh, obviously, yeah. you had the the one-off yeah. concert at the Grand. What that would be? Is that twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen? Twenty nineteen, and yeah. then of course the pandemic hit. Yeah, we tried to do something in twenty twenty one, and then we were locked down again, so we couldn't rehearse, and so it's gone on. And eventually, twenty twenty three, we're back on stage. We're so excited. And um, some of the old members, actually, who haven't been with us for a while, have come back to support this concert, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. There's one lady that's come back to us after 23 years away. Wow. That's and impressive. She's come back, yeah. And she's going to be singing Wuthering um, Heights, mm-hmm. Kate Bush. That is, a, that is a good challenge as well. That is a hard song, but she's got an amazing voice. It's worth coming to see Tracy sing that. Um, I was going to say that's a modern track when she last joined you, but actually it's not yeah, now, is no, it? We're talking no. for, for thirty odd years ago for that one. I know it was. It was probably seventy six, was it? Something was it like that, that far back? Let me know. Forty. Let's yeah, not, just, just not talk about age ago. at this point. Let's just, just, just relax and, and not think about numbers like that. But uh, as I say, the scary is they're thinking how old I am now. Uh, this, this, the whole night is going to be full of fun, scary music. Oh, and I have to. I've got to mention this as well. Yeah. We've got. The uh, South Staff's traditional comedy legend, Ken mm. Wood and Friends. Okay. If you know, you know. If you don't, come and see it. It's, well it's a read to book. That's definitely that's there. <laughs> that's going to be good. So it's all part of the fun. Of course, we can find uh, South Staff's on Facebook. We can. We have a Facebook group. Our website isn't operational at the moment, but... That's not such an issue. Or you can inbox me, Alison Norton. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and X. So yeah. she's here, there, and absolutely everywhere. And she'll oh, know that. Can I just say as well, yeah. for tickets, I, I should have said this earlier, for tickets, they're £12. www.ct.co.uk. Because that was what I was going to ask you. So yeah, look, there'll be a link on the Facebook page as well, won't there? There will. So. And uh, it's called South Staff's Spooktacular. 
going to be good. <laughs> well worth it. South Staff Society, always good to, to, to listen to, always good to hang out with, and uh, they're a lovely bunch. So it's well worth uh, getting your suspenders on and hoping that Alison's going to do some tap dancing <laughs> for you as part of the uh, spectacular, spooktacular coming along this Friday and Saturday. I'll be there dressed as a vampire. Okay, a tap dancing vampire. Excellent. You've got a tap dance. Uh, not this year. Maybe okay. next year. We'll let you off this once. Alison Norton, lovely to speak to you. Thanks for joining us and have a great time. Break a leg and not one of your fangs when you're doing the show this weekend. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. See you soon. The Panto at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre is from the 2nd of December through to the 7th of January. Spreading some good magic around is Kelly Bryan, who joins me now. Hello. Hello. How are you, Jason? You good? I am good. I hope we find you well and very much looking forward to some festivities in our fair city. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to some festivities in your fair city. Um, <laughs> I'm really loving Wolverhampton. I've been up a couple of times now. Um it's really diverse. I, I went and got a lovely Caribbean takeaway when I was down last time. I was like, yes, I'm going to be right at home. Absolutely. But, home yeah. from home. That, that's what it, Wolverhampton is home from home for everybody. We love it here. Yeah. And uh, it, it's always great to have an amazingly talented panto cast. And Blooming Equus spoilt this year. Uh, and and uh, you in the icing on the cake. Uh, you can act, you can sing, uh, and you'll probably be bringing the kids to a few shows as well. 100%. Yes. Um, my children are, um, can't wait. Um, it's so funny because the last time I did panto, I was actually uh, it was before my my la- my first child, so it was twelve years ago. He's now twelve years old, so um, it's so funny. Um, I've got so many really fond memories of being in panto, so I'm really looking forward to treading the boards again. And, and I mean, this is part of the fun. Though, isn't it? Panto is the best way of doing it. I mean, you, I'm surprised you've had time to fit us in. To be fair, with all the work that you do normally, I mean, actually taking a break from Hollyoaks and uh, but we've seen you extenders and so many different things that you pop up in. And uh, I mean, your agent gets you the best gigs. It's quite clear. <laughs> no, my agent's great. Um, I have two actually: one for theatrical, one for television, and um, they they work really well together. And I've, I'm re- I can't complain. You know, it's 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 been wonderful, and it's. So nice to you know gone in and done the you know the show for um, ITVX, which is now streaming um, significant other um, on ITVX. So so to, to go into drama and comedy and all the things I've always wanted to do, I'm very very fortunate. Yeah, very blessed. But at least here you get a few musical numbers over Christmas as well, which has got to be an absolute treat for us at least, if, if only for, now, oh. for you too. I hope. <laughs> oh yeah, um, it's nice because uh, I don't really. Well, I say that, but we just finished the tour with Loose Women, and on and on the tour we did some singing. So we did like a at the Palladium. Um, we we sang, and um, myself and Brenda, um, and we sang, and it was and and the rest of the girls. So it it's it's funny, isn't it? You know, like you being able to sing is something I've done since I was little, but being able to interweave it into so many areas of my career is. is yeah, I have to pinch myself sometimes. I'm quite fortunate like that. Yeah. But on to the good magic and being a good fairy elementer. Uh, obviously, again, a- another typecast role, bringing joy and happiness to all. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, I don't know. Um, Elementor's she's got a little bit of sass to her, so she's not quite a wet weekend. She's um, she's got some sass, so it'd be really nice to play her. Um, and nice to get to sing um, with Nikki. That would be amazing. Um, I'm really looking forward to that too. She's such a great vocalist. So I can imagine it's going to be really exciting and looking forward to getting into rehearsals and, and you know getting stuck into all of that creative stuff. 
Yeah, and, and there's so much creative stuff going on. I mean, we, we've recently found out there's going to be ice skating at the start of the show. That's going to be a treat. Uh, yes, I think that it's going to be a treat. Fairies, do they ice skate in? We'll, well, we'll, we'll have to wait until Christmas to find out. Yeah, just have to wait until okay. Christmas to find out. We'll see. But I, I know we've got the magic of having the band on stage too as well, and that's going to be, uh, again, a, another part of it. Because, I mean, you used to be on stage with a, with a full band, aren't you? So, I mean, it's, it's going to be uh, home from home again. Yeah, no, really nice. Um, I love working with live musicians. You can't beat it um, because that it's that kind of give and take on stage with everybody working in, in one accord and working towards that one goal, making sure everybody has a great time, but also with musical excellence. And I think because of the level of people that we're working with, you know, the cast are incredible. So that kind of just brings everybody up to that notch and, and, and really wants to kind of make the best show for everybody. Um, what else is special about Panto for you? Is it something that you remember from when you were a kid or is it something you've only come to as you've uh, yeah, got a little bit older? Well, for me, Panto was like most ch- or some children. Um, it's your first introduction into, into theatre. So so having that introduction into theatre that's so vibrant and so colourful and so interactive, it's brilliant because you think, wow, wow, I didn't even realise that this was possible. So um, that was, those were my first memories of Panto. Um, and I did Panto on the trot for like 12 years before I had um, my first child, Regan. So um, I, I loved it and I kept going back every year just because it just becomes quite addictive because... <laughs> It's the one place you can go. Everyone can come at Christmas and see you, young, old, whatever, and get involved in the show. Um, and I'd end up with family members that'd be like, oh, can I come again? I'd be like, but you've already seen it. But it's that kind of thing, isn't it? You go, I want to see how that joke works, whether that prank was like real or whether that was corpsing <laughs> or whether, you know, like. So it's, yeah, um, I mean, I think we're living in extreme times, aren't we, where we're all facing very difficult things and, and globally, the world at the moment, we're going through such difficult times. So Panto is, you know, if we're in, if you're in that situation where you can afford to bring your, your family along, it's that escapism, isn't it? It's that couple of hours of fun and laughter and creating important family memories. Absolutely. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And I know we've got a fantastic script and you'll be on stage with some of the script writers. And have they given you some good gags? I mean, obviously, you, as a fan, you've got to have some laughs. Yes, most definitely. Um, that's what Panto is all about. Um, I actually went to dinner with um, one of the writers and he was telling me all, all about my, uh, he was on like, I don't know, third or fourth draft at that time, telling me all about my gags. So hopefully, yes, some good belly laughs to come. Well, we're looking forward to that. The Panto, as I say, runs from the 2nd of December through to the 7th of January. Grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets. 01902429212 is the box office number. It is going to be an absolute treat, and it's going to be wonderful to see you. Kelly Bryan, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you with your wand out and your fairy wings in a few weeks' time. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Bye. At the Stafford Gatehouse on Wednesday, the 1st of November, the music of Buddy Holly and the Crickets is going to be brought to life to tell us more about the fun, the music and the man behind it. I'm joined now by Jamie Ross. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good, thank you. How are you doing, Jason? I'm good, thank you. And now for, for you, is a slight quiff and glasses almost a permanent feature just at the moment? Well, it pretty much is. I mean, I, you know, I was at the opticians last year and they told me I need to go full time with my specs, which aren't, aren't a million miles from the Buddy Holly ones. And uh, I've been making the most of the quiff, you know, for for as long as I've still got hair. So uh, 
<laughs> well <worth laughs> so, so it's, it's not too much of a change to be doing it full time. <laughs> but I mean, as it goes, I mean, Buddy Holly's music was loved by so many and still is to this day. Uh, there will be a few people who I may remember him first time around, but I certainly uh, know growing up, I was exposed to uh, the amazing sound of rock and roll that came over from the US. And we know what, well, 65 years ago this year, uh, Buddy did his UK tour uh, and he. Play the, play the Gomont in Wolverhampton. Uh, you are going to be a little further down the road at the Gatehouse in Stafford. I mean, the Gomont is no more, but uh, it's it is quite uh, amazing to uh, just to think that uh, you know one of the the biggest stars in the world actually played uh, around our area, and you get to recreate those moments. Yeah, it's so. I mean, it's such a privilege, and it's amazing the number of people who come up to us at the end of the show. And I'm, I'm fully expecting it in Stafford, who you know. Take, take me by the hand at the end of the show and say, I saw Buddy Holly in 1958. <laughs> you know, you know there, there will almost certainly be some people in the audience who, you know, they might have been 16 years old or something the last time that, that Buddy Holly was here. And it really is special to, to you know, bring back some of those memories. Mm-hmm. And the, the music itself is such good, fun, lively music. And are you playing it in his style? There's, there's no uh, you know, weird divergence. There's no drum and uh, bass version of uh, that with the day. <laughs> no, no, no dubstep, no drum and bass. We are, we are five fully live musicians. No backing tracks, no synthesizers. It's uh, probably about as close to the real thing as as you're going to get in 2023. Now, I mean, this show in, uh, in various forms has been on the road for 20, uh, what, 31 years now, something like that. 31 years, yeah. And uh, you weren't involved in the early stages. There was nowhere near you old enough to do that, are you? No, I, I think I would have been about six months old the, uh, the first <laughs> time that, uh, that this went out on the road. But it's it's nice to be a part of that history and, and you know, be traveling around and, and uh, you know, sort of keeping up the legacy of, of Buddy Holly and of this show. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the thing is, though, you are active musicians as well. So you are playing the part here. This is going to be a, a, as faithful a recreation of these gigs as you can get. Yes, certainly. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm from Carlisle originally rather than Texas. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a there's a little bit of a geographical difference. But uh, now I've got the accent. I've got the uh, I've got the glasses and we're, we're trying to keep some of the the spirit of the comedy as well alive because you know but buddy holly was sort of he was a really funny guy and you know there's a story about him being given a joke by one of the comedians who was opening for him and he got a bigger laugh than the comedian so he wrote to his mum and said well if music doesn't work out for me maybe i'll try a comedy <laughs> well uh, music did work out sadly obviously though sadly lost his life uh way too early and uh you know th- it, it's it's always interesting to, to think what could have been had he have had longer with us We've had long conversations uh, in our various sort of hotel rooms and in the van about what he would have done. You know, would he have grown a moustache and, you know, got into Buddhism and, you know, sort of would he have gone through a, a psychedelic phase like the Beatles? You know, where would he be if he if he was still around today? He would have had such an interesting life, I think. And uh, so, such an amazing musical talent. This is what you were recreating on stage. Buddy Holly and the Cricketers is the show itself. Stafford Gatehouse on the 1st of November, 7.30 start, and an amazing mu- evening of music. Uh, how many tracks do you manage to fit in on the night? Because most of them are about like two and a half minutes long, aren't they? That is the good thing. We we certainly do get through them. I think there's about 30 songs in the show. We, we finish off with a, you know, a bit of a bit of a finale medley, not to give away too many surprises, but we... 
we sort of basically come in a pretty good summary of everything he he recorded and also a pretty good highlight of some of the other great music from the 1950s as well that some of the other guys sort of chip in with so it's going to be an absolute treat for everybody down there. Uh, the box office is on 01785 619080. That's 01785-619080. Get to theatre.co.uk to get your tickets online. You guys have got socials, though, as well, haven't you? So we can check out what you do beforehand. That's right. Yeah, we are Buddy Holly and the Cricketers on, on Facebook. And we've got Buddy Holly ATC on, uh, on Instagram. You can just search for Buddy Holly and the Cricketers. Well, Buddy Holly and the Cricketers' very own Buddy Holly. Jamie Ross, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Jason. Pleasure. There's an amazing project from the Central Youth Theatre. We built this city. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Holly Parry. She is their Chief Executive Officer. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Jason. Thank you for speaking with me. Well, it's always good to talk to you. I think it's been a while since we last had a catch-up. I remember bumping into events uh, over recent you know, years, probably around the whole COVID situation. And yes. uh, following on from the fun and games of the last three years, obviously Central Youth are off doing their thing again in full effect. Yes, definitely. So for this project, we built this set city, which you can't seem to say without hearing the song in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, Showing your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but for this project, we are really fortunate that we've secured grant funding from the UK SPF Fund, which is the UK Shared Prosperity Fund through central government. And it's powered by levelling up. Mm-hmm. So Wolverhampton was one of the cities of uh, focus for the funding um, and we're working with 16 to 24 year olds and training those young people up to learn skills in filmmaking interview collection uh, filmmaking script editing and the focus of the project is that we are looking to uncover stories from local unsung heroes so people who go out of their way in the local community to make Wolverhampton a better place So whether that's people who run charities, community groups, uh, sports groups, guides, brownies, or perhaps food banks or drop-in centres, we're looking to kind of find out stories from those people who um, just give that little bit extra to to make the communities they work in better places for everybody who lives across the city. Yeah, because I don't think lots of things are happening around our city. The, the likes of Gatti and Central Youth Theatre are all things that improve the uh, the landscape in Wolverhampton. And I think we, we've got a really good community as well that enjoys giving back and sharing not only their skills, but also their time. And uh, to be able to, to show off these unsung heroes uh, is going to be brilliant. And you've been training up some of your members to be able to carry out these interviews. We have. So we've trained them in oral history collection. And last week they did their first trial interviews with a group of our trustees from the youth theatre. And I think young people and trustees alike were very nervous, but they did well. They learned and kind of used all the skills that we'd given them. Uh, And then next week they're going to utilise those skills in three public interview days, which we're hosting at the Changemakers Hub, which is right next to the entrance of the railway station. Mm -hmm. And the interview days are on Tuesday the 31st of October, uh, Wednesday the 1st of November and Saturday the 4th of November between 10 and 4. Um, And our young people will welcome people on arrival and ask them to speak about either themselves or about somebody they'd like to speak about who they've nominated as a local hero. And then this goes on to uh, work that's going to be done in February of next year to create four so almost feature films, as it were. 
Yeah, so using all of the information collected, and we're hoping we get lots and lots of nominations. So far, we've had quite a few, which is excellent. Uh, we're going to kind of collate all that information, work with a filmmaker to script four short films, whether they'll be themed. So perhaps one film will be people who develop youth work. One film might be people who... Um, develop community initiatives for older people or it might be that those four films focus on four individuals we don't quite know the makeup of that but what I do know is that the films will form part of a celebratory community event at New Hampton Arts Centre in March where the films will be screened and everybody who we speak to will be celebrated talked about um, at this incredible community event um, to kind of mark why Wolverhampton is such a fantastic place to live and foster that, you know, positive community sense of cohesion across the city, which, mm -hmm. you know, we have, but we don't always shout about, which I think is is needed, really. Yeah, I mean, and we see this from you know, all sorts of different areas, backgrounds, parts of the city, uh, through the likes of yeah, the Scotland's with Marines, everywhere there is uh, somebody who's doing something which the, the communities there know about, but they remain unsung across the rest of the city. So it's, it's a brilliant opportunity. And, of course, chance to put this down as a social history for future generations too. Absolutely. We've uh, we've spoken to the archives. We've done quite a few um, social history projects in the past at the Youth Theatre, and the archives are really keen to capture these interviews and lock them in the archives for years to come. So, you know, if you do want to nominate somebody, please come forward because, you know, their stories, although you might not think, and a lot of the Unsung Heroes have been nominated, have said me, really, although they might not think that they're worthy of this nomination, it's those people who do regular small acts of kindness that actually should be remembered for years to come. And, you know, it's part of their legacy why we have the city that we have today. So uh, we'd like to capture those memories and those stories, not just for the the, the project and the um films and the event but they'll go on in history as part of Wolverhampton's social history at the archives absolutely so it's, it's an, an honor and an accolade and turning the unsung into the the sung heroes Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that must be a term. So it's going to be uh, a great project to be part of. So you've already mentioned the interviews getting going next week. How do people get involved and, and uh, what do they do to be part of this? So if you have somebody in mind who you'd like to nominate, or even if you'd like to talk about yourself, that's fine. Um, head to our website, which is centralyouththeatre.org. Uh, on our What's On page, you can just click on there, fill in a nomination sheet, and we'll send you all the information you need. Or failing that, just pop along anytime between 10 and 4 on the 31st, 1st or 4th of November, um, and we'll hopefully speak to you give you a cup of tea and a biscuit that's never to be sniffed at mm -hmm. and uh, hear all the information that you have to share so what is that location again for those interviews so it's at the Changemakers hub right next to the train station it's right next to the costa as you enter the train station so you'll be able to find that nice and easily and great transport links for it too which is obviously exactly. what we, we have in our city which is amazing uh, what else is going on with central youth at the moment anything else we should be looking out for particularly in the run-up to christmas so we have just finished doing a national schools tour with our GCSE set text packages. So we've mm -hmm. been all over the place, Wolverhampton, Birmingham, London, Essex. Uh, that's just finished, but we'll be touring again in the new year. We don't have any performances this side of Christmas, but once 2024 happens, uh, we're part of the Wolverhampton Literature Festival with a mm -hmm. production of The Three Sisters in February. Then we've got The Crucible at St Peter's Church in March. And then we've got our version of, it's a 
take on Matilda, but it's called Trunchbull with original music with our junior groups later in the summer. And another senior group are performing something called Brainstorm, which is about the complexity of a teenager's mind, which no one will ever understand. <laughs> so we're very, very busy, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Well, you can find out all that's going on via the website and the Facebook, Instagram and X feeds. So check out Central Youth Theatre on there. For now, CEO of Central Youth Theatre, Holly Parry, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Jason. It seems across eligible groups and also those who'd be looking to pay for a flu vaccine, there are many who haven't booked them yet. But these people are also equally willing to spend about 53 quid on flu remedies and lose time off work rather than getting a simple vaccination. To tell us more about the stats, I'm joined now by Dr. Hilary Jones. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jason. Good to see you again. And uh, we're here once more talking about flu vaccinations. I did, as you told me last year, and, and got mine. Uh, and this is something we, we really do need to think about, because many people have had an uptake in the in the COVID jab whilst it was uh, on offer for uh, most people. Uh, but they seem less willing to take the flu jab at the minute and uh, uh, would self-isolate with coronavirus, but not the flu. Yeah, there are these misconceptions about the the various um, uh, threats that, that both of these viruses pose. And it's good to be aware of, of, of the truth and what's going on. Um, certainly COVID's still around um, and we've seen a slight uptick recently, which is understandable in the, um, the colder winter months. But flu is probably more of a threat this winter. Um, if you look at what happened last winter, we saw 14,500 um, deaths related to flu-related illness. Um, and judging by what's gone on in the winter down there in the Southern Hemisphere uh, recently, they've seen one and a half times as many uh, cases. Um, so it looks as if what's what happens there is, is likely to transfer into what's going to happen here. Uh, which which makes the people who are most at risk, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, more um, in need of, of, of vaccination, which gives significant levels of protection. When I say um, the eligible groups, these are the most at risk people. So we're talking about people who are 65 and over people in a clinical risk group um, because of pre-existing conditions. That could be anybody from six months of age to 65 women who are pregnant, children aged two or three, children in primary school, people living in residential or nursing homes, people who are the main carers of an elderly or disabled person, people in close contact with those with weakened immunity, and of course, frontline workers in social care. These are the groups that will, are eligible for a free NHS flu vaccine. And this winter, we will have co-circulating covid and flu viruses and you really wouldn't want to get both together it is possible to get both together which which doubles the rate of death incidentally so having both jabs um for those eligible makes absolute sense my mum who's 97 had both her jabs on the same day last week i was reassured uh, and she's got a good level of protection now uh, and she had no side effects whatsoever so this is why um uh, there's a consensus of medical opinion to encourage people in those groups to, to get vaccinated. Certainly, and and the groups where it's free has sort of reverted back to to pre-COVID uh, times. So you know, if, if you got a free one last year, you might not be eligible this year. But certainly, uh, having had the advantage of that last year, you now know actually it's worth going out and spending a few quid getting vaccinated if you're not in one of the free groups. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, if you're not in one of those groups, you can pay to have one done from your local pharmacy. Um, it, it's a few pounds. And, and actually, the, the survey that, that that was recently conducted showed that people spend on average about £53 on um, flu remedies um, uh, each, uh, each time they get an episode of that. Uh, and take about three days off work. So economically, it also makes sense to, to get your jab done, even if you're not in an eligible group. Yeah, even the three days off isn't a great holiday, so it's not worth doing that. Make sure you use that time later on. But uh, it it is a, a, a difficult one. And, and speaking of somebody who's never really had severe flu symptoms, I, I don't, it could be waiting around the corner for me when I least expect it. Well, the trouble is, um, as the years go by, and you're still a young man, of course, Jason. I'm um, 51. Come on, I'm getting old. As the years go by, our immune system does become less efficient. Uh, Scientists call it immunosenescence, but it's age-related immune decline. Um, So just as our skin changes and uh, uh, and other things sort of start to fall off and degenerate, our immune system is less efficient. Mm -hmm. Uh, Makes us more vulnerable at any any age after 40, really. so it's certainly worth being aware of of the threats of flu. It will be around. It, it killed 14,500 or more people last winter um, because of flu itself or complications, and it can fe- affect any age group. So it is a something that's very quick to do. Um, you can get it done from your GP, from your pharmacy. Um, some uh, women who are pregnant can get it done through their regional maternity services, People can go onto the NHS app. People go online. You know, it, it's quick and, and and convenient to get done. And so but once it is done, that gives you protection, the best you can get for yeah, this flu season. Each year, flu mutates the same way as we've been hearing about new variants of COVID. I mean, we, we've all pretty much had indoctrinated into a, some sort of viral understanding over the last three years or so. So it's been uh, yeah, quite useful to us to actually get to grips with what we're doing and why we're doing it. And, you know, we know we should be looking after ourselves in this easy, cost effective way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we got used to um, hand sanitizing, wearing masks and self-isolating when necessary because of COVID. And those measures gave us a good level of protection against um, the the other respiratory viruses like the common cold and flu. However, uh, to some extent, those measures have dissipated. People are more blasé. The viruses are circulating again. And just because you, if you've had the flu vaccine last year, we that would have incorporated a different virus um, to the um, the kill virus that's in this year's vaccination. So um, what that means is that you know your your immunity from last year won't be relevant for your immunity this winter. It might be a different virus you're exposed to. In any way, your immunity will have waned. So that's why the flu vaccination has to be given annually. So well worth getting yourself sorted. And uh, there's an easy way of doing it, as you mentioned, through your pharmacy is probably the simplest. And most of the time, it's a walk in, get it done, and, and, you're, and, and you're sorted. Absolutely. It takes a few seconds to get done. Um, very safe, well tolerated. Some people might get a slightly sore arm uh, or, or an aching an aching upper arm. Very few people get a slight temperature, but it lasts a few hours uh, and uh, it settles down very easily. But as I say, um, it's um, it's well worth getting done because of the good level of protection that it offers.
And of course, we need to keep up that the rest of our health related things, drinking plenty of fluids, making sure our vitamin C and D are topped up and uh, yeah, eating healthily too. And, and all this helps stave off the, the worst effects of these diseases if we do get them. Absolutely. Right. Give us all the details on, on where we can go to for actual information once more. You can get information on the NHS website. Of course, you can phone your general practice. You can go and see your local pharmacist. There's the NHS app and uh, you can book online as well. And all of those sites, all of those areas will give you information. Oh, Dr. Hillary Jones, always a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for joining us and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Me too, Jason. Thank you. Now, for 20 years during the month of November, uh, there's been men up and down the country adding some fur to their top lip, all in a good cause. To tell us more about why this year, if you can, you should be growing yourself a tash. I'm joined now by uh, somebody who's got some fantastic facial hair himself, Tom D'Souza. How are you doing? I'm good, Jason. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Now, you've got a cheating starting point because you've got the tash and the beard at the minute. Uh, what are we looking for as people look to raise funds for November for 2023? First and foremost, this is all coming off. I mean, I'm going to uh-huh. endure the uh, endure the journey of growing a 30-day moustache for men's health. Um, uh, you, you might know Movember from the sprouting of millions of moustaches around the world in the month of November, but we are now the world's largest movement for men's health Um with the moustache being a huge part of that. Absolutely. Now, this all got going, as you say, 20 years ago. In Australia, the concept of uh, raising awareness through those who wouldn't normally have facial hair or those who do have facial hair, losing all of it all of a sudden and then growing the mo. And uh, this is just, uh, it's an amazing look. Uh, and uh, it, it's uh, obviously as the month develops, there's the sponsors to be had, all sorts of fun things going on. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what started out as a bit of a sort of laugh between friends um, has sort of grown to their group of friends and their group of friends. And then fast forward 20 years later, uh, and, and we're now the uh, world leader in men's health. And we focus on kind of three key cause areas behind the moustache, and that's prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and men's mental health and suicide prevention. Um, but yeah, it's the it's a it's a hairy 30 days, um, and we... <laughs> We're hoping that lots of people sign up this year to either grow a mo or get involved in another way this November. Yeah, and so it, it is important uh, yeah, awareness that we're looking at here. And just the, the moustache, let alone the funding, can make a difference because if you raise awareness, somebody gets a, a, a test done. There's all sorts of imaging that could be done to, to to check on people if they find a bump or a lump. It's 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 about having the the the, the chance to have a conversation about this and making sure it's all done in time. Yes, totally. I mean, I guess the, on on a, on the surface level, growing a mo is a very visible way of of uh, for for many people to show their support for men's health. You're walking down the road, you might get a nod on the tube or the bus around. You know, that's that's quite a strange looking thing on your top lip. Um, it doesn't look <laughs> quite like a full mustache. It's like maybe a seven day mustache, and that in itself opens the door to to important conversations about why you might be growing, whether it's you know, you're 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 trying to support uh, a loved one going through something, or you just merely want to show your support for mental health. But on the on the sort of deeper side of it, the this incredible community over the past twenty years have allowed us to invest millions of pounds in in biomedical research into prostate cancer and testicular cancer, whilst also investing in programs that are designed to get men talking, um, to really intervene early in their lives. To, to make them aware of some of the health issues they face uh, and others face that they can be um, a great person to open up to or, or talk to. 
yeah so whether you're looking at mental health testicular cancer or prostate cancer all of these things are hitting men across our area and across the nation and globally so we need to make sure that we're doing something to not only raise awareness raise funds for research and also make sure there is someone there to talk to in those times of need so it's time to grow the mo what do people do to sign up and uh, join in with this massive movement uh, well, there's lots of ways to get involved this year, Jason. Obviously, you've got your your, your obvious one, which is grow a mo for Movember, mm-hmm. become one with your top lip. Um, but you can also, for those that don't want to grow a mo or those who can't, you can commit to a physical challenge, and that's running 60 kilometers over the month, or walking or moving 60 kilometers over the month, and that represents the 60 men that take their own lives to suicide, uh, to suicide globally each hour. You can also host an event or you can just completely freestyle it and mow your own way. Pick a challenge, pick a dare, climb a mountain, quit social media, lots of weird and wonderful ways to get involved this year. And you can do it all by just heading to movember.com and picking whichever journey you, that suits you. Yeah, or, or wear a fake moustache for the entire month. We, I've seen it all in my 10 years at Movember, Jason. It's Yeah, I've seen it all. Well, it's going to be amazing again this year. Make sure, if you can, you're taking part in whatever way it works for you. Tom D'Souza from Movember, great speaking to you. I'm looking forward to seeing your moustache grow on your social media over the month. Top man, Jason. Thanks so much. That's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Back with episode 750 next week. I'll see you then. Good off now. Goodbye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah.